everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And I'm Jason. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Black Mirror. Today we'll be covering the first episode from Netflix TV series Black Mirror titled Striking Vipers. And I just wanted to say before we go any further, Jason, I've got a package that's heading your way. You know, if you want to do some late night gaming, I'm totally ready. I can't wait. It'll be interesting. Like, we both show up and we're just both hot girls. Wait a minute. Yeah. Well, when it, well, I would show up as a polar bear. I mean, that would be my first, right. first pick. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to slowly back out of this conversation. Hey, they can do multiplayer, like, more than just two. That's what we heard. Yeah. <laughs> hey, she's still backing away. Weird. <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> no, it's awesome to have you with us um, this week, Jason, um, for, for this one. Um, I, I, I feel I'm going to feel like a third wheel here. Uh, maybe I should back out of the conversation and just let you guys go at it. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was probably a poor choice of words. <laughs> That's well, not that was what a I Freudian meant. penis. That is not what I meant. Um, but yeah, we're super excited to have you here this week. I know that you're a, a big fan of of Black Mirror. So are you enjoying... Have you watched all three episodes nope, so far? No, I didn't see the Miley Cyrus one, but I saw it was getting bad reviews. Really? I'm going to watch it, of course. Oh, of course. I've been mm-hmm. seeing some good things. So, I mean, I've you seen You know what I saw? That, I but... saw a list of all the all the Black Mirror episodes ranked in order of best to worst, but it was just, you know, probably whoever wrote that article's yep. opinion, but that was the worst one. Really? Yeah. Wow. We'll see. It's just one person, probably. Hmm. Interesting. I haven't watched it yet. Sean, have you watched that one yet? Nope. I've just seen this one and uh, the Smithereen one so far. Mm-hmm. Me too. Oh, thank you guys, by the way. I watched Smithereen. I liked it, but I, f- I felt like I need to have a better understanding of this to know what the deeper meaning is because it seemed unusual for a black mirror where it just was a little too straightforward. And I listened to you guys and I got a lot more out of it. So that was great. Good. Oh, <laughs> that's nice coming from the Godfather himself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. It's great when I don't have to think for myself and I can just fire up a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is nice to have, be able to do that. That's what um, I've always gotten out of uh, you and Karen all these years mm-hmm. out of Walking Deadcast. So you guys are covering, or well, you and a, a roundtable of guests are covering fear so far, right? Yeah. On Walking Deadcast. <laughs> try to, <laughs> now just try to eat, curb your enthusiasm there, Jason. <laughs> I wish we were covering curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, me too. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, before um, we jump into our top five, we have a quick word from our sponsor this week. Um, So, 
we know Stranger Things is coming out in a couple of weeks, so right now it would be a really great time to catch up with some of your favorite Stranger Things characters before Season 3 begins um, by diving into the official Stranger Things books. So we have Stranger Things Darkness on the Edge of Town by Adam Christopher, which follows Chief Jim Hopper as he reveals long-awaited secrets to Eleven about his old life as a police detective in New York City confronting his past before the events of Stranger Things. And there's also Stranger Things, Runaway Max by New York Times bestselling author Brenna Yavanoff is um, the gripping emotional prequel to Stranger Things. And this never-before-told backstory of Dig Dug Maven Max Mayfield explores her past, the good and the bad, as well as how she came to find her newfound or newfound sense of home in Hawkins, Indiana. So Stranger Things, Darkness on the Edge of Town, and Runaway Max are on sale now, wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Those sound really interesting. Would you, yeah. What do you guys think about those? I'm excited for the Hopper one because we, we've always had little hints of his life in New York, so that would be kind of really cool to, to kind of read. Yeah, yeah, I, I love when they do this stuff that's sanctioned, I assume, by you know the creators and just kind of mm-hmm. g- gives you a you can delve deeper into the universe of the show in these little kind of side things for people who are really wanting more content. So I think it's great, especially I think people who would listen to a podcast about it might be interested in reading things like this. Yeah, yeah. And we're just under a month away from season three starting Woo! up. So yeah, if you get these in there, you do an audiobook, you could get through it in like two weeks, get both of them under your belt and be super prepared for the season coming up. So yeah, yeah. make sure you check those two out. They're all, like Rima said, they're on sale now wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Yeah, I'm sure it will add some great depth um, to the new season with some extra stuff there. So that's awesome. I'm going to have to check mine out and hopefully find time to read. If not, I'll get the audiobook. Um, well, with that being said, I'm really excited to start talking about this episode. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into our top three. So we are doing a top three this week for everyone listening. I know we typically do a top five, but since we have three of us, um, just to make sure that we're all able to get our points in and to keep in time, we're going to do three. So Jason, as our guest, would you like to start us off with your number three? Sure. So first off, I really love this episode. I think it's probably one of my favorite Black Mirror episodes, cool. which is saying a lot because this is one of my yeah. favorite shows. It was really well done. And I feel like it, I like anything that kind of challenges our assumptions and expands our view of what it means to be a human being and kind of transcends labels and accepted norms and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I thought this was good on that level. Plus, it was just really engrossing to watch and well acted and you know everything and kind of funny in parts it was great awesome so my number three is about human sexuality and um i think you can't do a show like black mirror about how technology has affected humanity and not do one about sex habits (laughs) (laughs) very true yeah right So, and I thought also like with any good Black Mirror episode, the story wouldn't be possible without technology. Um, But it's, you know, it's kind of about the technology, but it's more about what technology illustrates about human beings. And, um, and I think, you know, one of the things that it shows is that human sexuality is really complicated and varied and interesting and you never know what's going to turn people on. And I really like that this episode embraces that. Um, I uh, uh, It's also about, 
you know, when you're more settled in your marriage and your life and you have kids, how things can get kind of boring. And if there's something like this available to more exciting than it can be tempting, it's kind of about the effect of porn. Um, Let's see. Executive producer Annabelle Jones said, when does porn become so sophisticated that it's actually cheating and not just a distraction? So it kind of asks that question. But I also, what? I was going to say, that's a huge conversation. Now, like when you think about like the sex robots and stuff like that, you know, like is that like, you know, there's places in Texas that are going to do like sex robot brothels and what I, you know, what, what's your wife going to say about, Oh, we're just going with the guys to the (laughs) local robot (laughs) off you place. It's like, like that's borderline creepy if they if they've got male ones y'all can go together that's true (laughs) and it's like get a date oh yeah it's like okay well i guess that's all right and then the next week you're like guess what they figured out a way to upload someone's consciousness into the robot (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's one little one step closer to being being cheating Uh, i mean when i first started you know when uh they first started getting together and coming back together. I was like, is this a show about a guy discovering that he's gay? And then it's like, no, not exactly. Because I'm really glad they, they went there physically to test it out. And the, the kisses didn't turn each other on. Cause I was mm-hmm. wondering if they needed each other to look like that and be attracted or would it transfer over in real life? But it's not, it's not even as simple as, whether they're gay or not, or um, whether it's like porn, because the guy, his friend, Carl, goes and tries it with other people and a polar bear, and (laughs) it doesn't work. He's not into it. So that says that there is something about it being his friend. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like the combination of it being his friend who he loves and he's known forever and they jive well and being in this really hot, sexy body, something about that. But it has to be all of that together. And I think that's really interesting because I don't know, it's just feels true. Like, you know, yeah, I I wondered if when they got together and kissed, would would there be a spark there? But I'm kind of glad there wasn't because Black Mirror is about technology and if the technology didn't matter then that wouldn't have been as interesting to me but uh i think i think you definitely see that kind of with like like there's people who have porn addiction and i'm sure they have their favorite stars that they go to and follow there's like conventions that they go to and i imagine it's kind of the same thing like you're seeing through this prism this fake movie which because like this vr world's you know it's a fake setup like it's not them it's it's a you know an avatar of them and, you know, if you go to the conference or something and see the the porn star of your dream, like, it's not going to be the same. And I, I like that you mentioned that they, they tried that out. And it's like, no, it's like, we still have these feelings for each other. But they're obviously not like real world feelings. It's just somehow in this game feelings, which was just kind of very interesting to play with. I mean, I think, I mean, it, it, it's it's not simple because at the end you saw... Carl as Roxette say, I love you, get caught up in the moment, you know, and then, oh, he didn't respond right. And, oh, I don't know where that came from. So that's kind of what's attractive to me about the whole thing is that it's hard to peg, you know, it's like, 
you can't. Well, you have to pay extra. That's like the, the DLC content. <laughs> it just wasn't even <laughs> for that. It's just hard to put a finger on. I'm saying it's hard to. It's like uh, I can't, it's nothing's hard to, coming yeah. out quite right. <laughs> it's it's hard to label. I guess you know it's hard to encapsulate exactly what this is, which is kind of why I love it because a lot of times people want it to be really simple, and it's just not. And I think if this this episode really embraces that human sexuality isn't always simple. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention on all this, there was this story, uh, in an issue of playboy back in 1984. And that's the kind of teenager I was. I read the stories and it was called snake and ocean, ocean and snake. And it was basically about this guy who could project his consciousness out and talk to other people, but he never found anyone interesting until he found this one woman and they ended up kind of psychically fucking and he was a snake and she was the ocean and he would swim around and it was like completely um enrapturing for both of them they it was better than anything they'd ever experienced and he was married so it was like oh crap i'm having an affair and then they met up in a hotel room and it no sparks there at all so it was almost the same story of this Mm, except it was a little simpler because they were both uh, he was a man and she was a woman but um I always remembered that story. So when this uh, episode came out, it reminded me of it. And then also there was this movie in 1992 called Prelude to a Kiss, which starred Alec Baldwin and Meg Ryan. Do you, one of you guys see that? Title sounds familiar. I I haven't seen it, but I remember it. It was uh, Rita and Peter they played and they fell in love and they got married. And then it was one of those uh, body switching movies at their wedding, this lonely old man named Julius asks permission to kiss Rita. And when he does their spirits switch places. So now she's in the body of this old man. And I don't really remember the movie all that well, but I remember it was Alec Baldwin trying to come to terms with the love of his life now being in the body of an old man. And at one point, and, and it's weird, right? And you feel like, oh God, this is this is awful. But at one point, he gets over it, and and they kiss. I don't think they w- it went any further than that, than that, if I remember right. But I remember having to get over the uncomfortable and weirdness of that myself, and I kind of willed myself to get over it, just like the main character needed to. And then it was kind of beautiful. And I I don't think the movie did very well because most people just thought it was weird. But um, I don't know. It's just interesting to me to think that we're all kind of like these energetic beings inside these vessels and the energy matters. Um, and so does the appearance and a lot of other intangible things to, as far as what will turn people on and attract them and stuff like that. I like all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said that very well. Thanks. That's all mm. I got. Awesome. So I guess that's me now. Uh, my number three. Um, unless you had, Sean, do you have anything to add to Jason's number three? Or are you good on that? No, I think that's good. I think okay. you kind of touched everything really well on that. Yeah, I agree. I like all of that. And it definitely makes sense. It, it definitely um, kind of leaves it like, like you said, there's no simple answer. And I think there's so many different takeaways and there's no right or wrong mm-hmm. i don't think so I really it really yeah got me thinking about a lot of different aspects of sexuality and whether this was right or wrong and what they should do about it and actually the end i almost felt like it was kind of um i wasn't sure it, 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 it felt really good oh they figured out a way to resolve it but um maybe it was a little too easy i don't know what did you guys think 
Uh, well, I'm actually going to get into that later. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk about that just yeah, yet. Yeah, no, we can talk about it when you're um, Well, my number three, I just wanted to kind of talk about the game itself, um, just kind of like a high-level discussion about the game, because I love playing video games, and I love, you know, I pay attention to, like, the video games. So, like, the landscaping in this game, you know, it was super cool, like, how they kind of took what you saw and I don't know what year or anything that they were supposed to be in. They never really give you, you know, like a time frame or anything, but it looked to be kind of around, you know, like today's time or whatever. But, you know, it showed that they were playing the old game when they were all roommates. And it looks like something that we could play today, maybe slightly, you know, outdated. Um, And it was cool how they were able to kind of take that and make it more advanced into this VR world that you can immerse yourself in. I thought like the landscaping was beautiful. They had these Japanese gardens. There were, you know, cherry blossoms. I liked how it was like a nod to Street Fighter. Do you guys ever play Street Fighter? Yeah, that's the gist I got too. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, I know. Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Okay, yeah. Well, I thought of Mortal Kombat, but it, this one reminded me a little bit more of Street Fighter, and I've played that, but I'm definitely a Mortal Kombat girl. Um, where it's, it reminded it's me of dark. yeah, Street Fighter for sure. I mean, she reminded me of Chun Li uh, yeah. a lot, but um, and I yeah, we used to play the. I used to work in movie theater, and we would stay after the, all the movies were out and just sit there and you know because we didn't have to put quarters in we could just rack up as many credits <laughs> as we wanted so we'd sit there and battle on street fighter and my friend eric played blanca and could kick everybody to asses and oh, frustrated me but uh mortal kombat 2 just because that was the one where you from the first um game they mm-hmm. looked like real people and not cartoons you know yeah yeah, gosh, I love Mortal Kombat. I like playing the new one, um, but boy, am I, I rusty at it. It is really good. Um, so it, I, I really like the whole landscaping, the environments, different environments that they got to play in. I thought they were a lot of fun. I really liked also when they both, for the first time, jumped in and they were trying it out for the first time. And I was like, that's like what it would really be like when they're trying out their moves because um, Danny hadn't played in a while. So he's like, trying to punch and figure out his combo moves, you know, when you mm-hmm. do the hitting and the punching and the kicking and, and spinning around and, and then like there are signature moves and stuff. And I was cracking he was, up. He was trying to do the Hadoken that Ryu and Ken do where you put your hands together and shoot yeah. this like fireball or whatever. And it just kind of sparked, but fizzled out. And yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what happens if you go away from one of those games, and come back to it. It's like, come on. I know you're like trying to hit all your buttons and remember the combos and and trying to think of how how if you because you're not you know they're holding controllers when they're um, in the VR but they're not moving them I guess somehow you're controlling them I guess in your brain I'm not really sure how that works but um, you know it's it it was just funny to kind of see and I thought you know that is what it would be like if you haven't played it a game in a long time or if you're kind of new at it and you're trying to figure out that character and and their moves and and you know try to um you know attack your um opponent and then i thought also when they are zoned out like they have those um little buttons attached to their temples and they're completely immersed in the games if i walked in and saw my partner um with their eyes glazed over and their mouths and open and slack jawed yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that would de- kind of I would undulating. be terrified and then I would be concerned. <laughs> like, what is this? Tongue sticking well, out. Well, you have to think too, like, did that show up on the screen? So like if you walked in and you see it's like, what are you doing? Oh, I see your play there. Oh God, what are you two doing? <laughs> yeah, with P- PSVR, most games you see it on the screen at the same time on the TV screen. So I don't know if it's like that. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I did, did. We did. We get to see that. I don't remember. We just kept seeing the no, guys like on the couch. We didn't get to was. see if that was yeah. actually, you know, in the screen. That would be, um, you know, if your kid woke up in the middle of the night and you're. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was because his kid did wake up. And yeah, he did take him and wake. They weren't doing thing. anything though, but. Still. Yeah, but still, but. I, I I liked that. I liked the idea of it. Now, now I know it went a little bit farther um, than what I was expecting anyway. Um, but I was, you know, certainly curious that there was this game engine that was somehow designed that allowed for anatomically correct characters and that you could actually have sex in these games and the sensations, you know, that, that come with it. And I think if something like this was actually put into production, it would like elim- almost entirely eliminate internet porn and probably lower the birth rate. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, know. <laughs> I just thought it yeah. was super fun anyway, at least, at least coming from a gamer's perspective, not like the whole, you know, just leaving out like the whole sex part and, and having the affair and, and the emotional part of it, but just being able to like really fight, um, you know, in a VR kind of world like that to me would be super fun or being, or any game like that, like even doing something like a resident evil, um, would be super fun. Oh shit. Yeah. Die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you, like, hello, you just, Mr. you regenerate. <laughs> hey, you're looking you pretty good there. <laughs> oh, what are you no, doing, no, no, man? No. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Zombies dry humping your leg. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the weird, like technology. You think what pushes technology, like further is it's it's sex and like porn the porn industry, you know you think about like why did uh, VHS win over betas because po- the porn industry went with the VHS. And it's kind of the same thing with like Blu-ray and the ultraviolet. I think uh, or the whatever Microsoft was porn went with Blu-ray, so that won. And so it's always pushing the envelope with that stuff. And you know if something like this came out like a VR because I think they already have like VR sex games, don't they? You Jason, know, come on. I, I, I don't say, have a I, VR you are set. Asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they totally do. But yeah, I mean, so like, if you if you had this world, you could jump into. It's fully immersive, fully VR. It would be right around the corner where you could get that extra, you know, for four dollars and sixty nine cents, <laughs> you can get the DLC content. I know. I mean, it would be interesting to see a statistic of how many people playing the game were fighting, and how many were doing other things <laughs> well so like you asked that like do you think carl knew about like like he seemed like he probably so. had played before so you think that was just no i, I think they think both discovered knew. it in the moment i think yeah. gotcha to to have him well i guess it would be interesting if he knew but i don't think the only the little played it. concern i had is that like it happened like in the very first one like it seems like the first time you play maybe it gets a little too handsy and you're like oh that's weird like i touched your boobs but like they're not really your boobs and then, like, maybe the second or third time it kind of moved forward. But it seemed, like, really quick after the first fight, they're, like, making out. I kind of liked it because it's, like, they just had this – they needed barriers removed and excitement added. And that's what it took to make them realize that 
they were sexually attracted to each other. And so as soon as the environment was there, it was like inevitable. Yeah. Do you think it was kind of like like a burning, like it's been like a sensation they've had for like so many years. Do you think that's why they've kind of like drifted apart because of that? I don't know. I kind of wondered, you know, when I first watched it, I thought, oh, this is great because they're so like typical hetero dudes until they go into the game. But then on second watch, I, it, the whole beginning seemed a lot gayer to me. <laughs> there's like, <laughs> yeah, come on, give kinda, me a hug. And there's like, uh, <laughs> dry humping me on the couch. Carl say, says, yeah, dry humping yeah, on Carl the couch. Carl says, yeah. Roxette's going to fuck your head off. And yeah. he's like, well, that doesn't even make off. sense. <laughs> right. So mean. there was all this stuff that seemed like it could kind of, I mean, not necessarily, but could be gay and it was repressed. So I, it, I think it could be either way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was my number three. Sean, what about you? What's your number three? Uh, so my number three, it's simply uh, just kind of the midlife. I thought you get a really good introduction with our main character and his wife. You know, they're kind of doing a, it's before they're married. They're doing a little bit of role playing at the bar, and like she gets super turned on by it. And I think everybody can look back at their college life with their significant other at the time, and you know, it's a little bit more wild, but. Once you get married, that kind of slows down. And uh, I really thought that a lot of this was going to, because I knew it was a VR thing. And that's what I like about Black Mirror is like they kind of, you know, take you one direction and then quickly turn you to another. So when this was exposed, I'm like, okay, it's a VR thing. They're showing him like looking at the one mom who's, you know, helping her kid and her butt crack was hanging out. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like when you get to that, he's like, oh my God, a butt crack. Like that's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> but like when he's going through this, I'm expecting like, okay, he's going to find out about this VR thing and he's going to start going into like weird chat rooms and like, it's going to lead him down a path of infidelity or basically cheating kind of thing. But first fight with his buddy, it turns and he's like, it's like, it's a completely different story. And, uh, it, I just kind of like the, cause when I first saw this, I'm like, I'm in my thirties. It's like, is this something that I can relate to? And uh, I texted my buddy Richard, and I need to talk to him because he hasn't talked to me since because I'm like, I wonder how close to home this will feel. And (laughs) and he's probably like, I hope not too close to home, Sean. (laughs) But it's, it's, you know, it's something that, you know, you get into that midlife, you get kind of in the routine, you know, even their sex life with his wife, you know, she's like, hey, it's, you know, it's that time, you know, I'm ready to do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's that. Like, okay, that's a mood killer. Scheduled sex. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I can't do it. And I really like, too, um, showing the the married person and then Carl, too, the the single person, and how even he felt kind of unsatisfied in, like, meeting these younger girls. Mm -hmm. You know, he talks about Dennis Rodman. The girls got to look up on the phone. Um, (laughs) Later in the episode when, uh, you know, he's thinking about his buddy, he can't quite get her off, and she's like, hey, do you care if I, you know, take care of business? He's like, yeah, whatever, that works. But my, it's kind of a big encompassing kind of midlife thought on this whole episode. Yeah. Kind of, uh, I don't know, what do you guys kind of think about how they played with that kind of theme? I mean, I, I thought it was interesting, like what you said, you know, in the beginning when they're at this club or bar and they kind of do this little role play thing, which is kind of gives you a little bit of insight into her because that kind of ties into the end too. She likes that little mm-hmm. role play of, a you know, like a stranger picking her up at the bar and you see them really hot and heavy. They've got really great chemistry. They're really into each other on the dance floor and then they get home and, um, and then 
that kind of transitions into that this backyard barbecue. We find out it's his birthday and it's this, you know, kind of lazy suburban, you know, life that they've kind of settled into having kids and now trying to have another one. And, um, you know, it was, it was an interesting kind of perspective of, I think, real life. Um, and then for his Betty Carl, who seems to be kind of living on the flip side of things, who, you know, I think his life was pretty empty. I don't think he was loving his life as much as what he probably puts out that he is. Um, he probably puts up a good front, like, oh, I'm dating all these hot girls. I got this hot apartment. You know, I'm having this great life. And, you know, you're stuck out here in this boring life. I don't think either one of them clearly were very content, um, considering mm-hmm. what I'm happens not, between like, miserable. Them. Like, no, I think not his miserable. friend was like, he's okay, but it's not, yeah, it's not as fulfilling as it could be or as, as, as he would like. And this yeah, game like, is so hyper exciting that it's just leagues above in one, at least in some ways. Well, definitely with Danny, like his, his life, he, you know, he, he's gaining some pounds. Like I think the biggest question he had to fight was when somebody said, uh, you know, he asked Theo, he's like, are we using the plastic cups? Like that was the toughest conversation he had at the party. But his buddy, I mean, he's got to worry about all this manscaping. I mean, they talk yeah. about waxing his balls because that's <laughs> right. what you got to do these days. He's proud of it. I mean, yeah, the midlife, I think it, there's different motivators that led to this result. One was boring midlife seeking excitement. One was maybe their kind of innate attraction to each other or something in between them. And then just this hyper exciting uh, environment of permission where it feels like it doesn't count and you're not even in your own real body. And like, yeah, he, uh, the main character, uh, I forgot his name, Danny, his knee, his knee had been hurting him. And in this world, he's like super virile and flexible and agile and strong and everything. So all these different factors together, but I definitely think, yeah, that midlife was a, a huge one. But yeah, that's my number three. Is just kind of the the midlife you get to see with both these characters. Awesome, Jason, your number two. Mine is the structure of the episode because I thought there were a lot of little things that lined up that f- fit together really well. Man, everything just sounds like innuendo. But <laughs> 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 anyway, um, yeah, like you guys mentioned, they introduced the theme of role playing right away and. Danny pretending to pick up Theo and it got her hot just like it got Danny and Carl hot later and I like the symmetry of her getting approached in a bar for pretend or for role play and then later she gets approached for real and this is when it's meaningful for her because she's not feeling like her hubs is into her anymore so then at the end she gets to actually go out and be approached and act on it once a year. So there was a nice little progression of that. Um, Then just like the birthday party, the yearly thing. And we see uh, Danny at his party like seven years later or something. And they're settled and Carl's this player dating younger women. And yeah, I like that whole misdirection. It makes you feel like it's going to be an episode about him cheating with his uh, friend there and her boyfriend's kind of a dud who likes bikes but not motorcycles. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so they kind of fooled you into thinking something was going to happen there. And if that's the whole midlife thing. Like, oh, it's going to be about him being bored sexually and cheating. And yeah, it was, but not... <laughs> not in the way you were expecting, yeah. Not in the way you were expecting. And then um, I, I also liked 
kind of structurally that I thought it was really clever that in the game, Danny and Carl are meant to fight and end up kissing. And then at the end they go to kiss and end up fighting. (laughs) Yeah. I like that too. (laughs) And then, uh, just this whole, uh, resolution of them getting since it did feel like oh they're doing all these time jumps a year later a few months later and then the resolution is that once a year they're going to get to be together in this game a yearly tradition and uh so i mean there are some things i liked about that resolution and some things i didn't but as far as the structure goes i thought it was really cool yeah i thought it definitely it kept you on your toes too which i kind of like because sometimes uh with the, with the previous episode we covered, which is the actual second episode, early on you're kind of like, okay, this is a, a story about like don't text and drive, don't be distracted. But it, there's little subtleties there where you kind of get more and more into it. And I thought they did a really good job with it here too. You know, you're expecting it to be one story, mm-hmm. and then quickly it just kind of like starts to devolve into something different. Totally. Keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. And when they kissed in the game the first time, um, that I'm like, oh wow, this just became a lot more interesting. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> what to think about attention. this. Yeah, because <laughs> at that point, like, okay, here they're introducing this very real VR. These two guys are doing something. Or they're gonna fight. Yeah. And they're like, oh, oh, I got boop. Like, oh, okay, oh, all right. Whoa. I see what's going on and here. Somehow, I got the impression just by reading. I don't even know how, but you know, you see things online, and I didn't have any idea what the story was. But it was just like people going. Have you seen that striking vipers one? It's pretty crazy. <laughs> and I was like, huh, why why am I getting this vibe off this episode? And then as soon as that happened, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> but in in a good way. I like all of that. Um well my number two, and we've talked, you know, a lot about it, and Jason, you kind of touched on it in your number three. I I think at the heart of to me anyway, what I got a lot out of this um, particular episode is connection and that need for connection. Um, We talked about how Carl is living the single life and, you know, he has girls, you know, and, and you would think, Oh, well, he's a lucky guy. He's got all these hot girls and he doesn't have to commit and he can, you know, just rotate girls in and out of his life, but he doesn't really connect with them. Um, Danny's married. He's living this suburban life and, you know, he's, you know, it, it's probably just kind of mundane and it's, you know, he, there's no, a lot, I, I'm just going to say not a lot of excitement, probably just a lot of, um, things that, you know, when you get into a routine, um, when you're settled and have kids and you're working and that's just kind of your life. Um, you know, they both found a kind of freedom in this game that they didn't really have in real life. They were both able to escape and, you know, kind of immerse themselves into this other world. And they were, you know, even though they were themselves, they were still like outwardly when they were seeing each other, these characters. Um, and they rediscovered this connection that they had with each other that they had when they were roommates, you know, they hadn't seen in each other in a while. It sounded like, um, whenever I was watching, it sounded like when he shows up at his birthday party there in the beginning that they hadn't seen each other since his last birthday. So it sounds like they've, you know, just kind of hit or miss over the years and, you know, kind of, you know, just what happens when you have, when your friends and one friend stays single and the other one goes off and gets married and has kids, it's just a natural kind of way. It's unfortunate 
you know, when that happens, I mean, it's happened to me, you know, I was married before a lot of my friends. So, you know, I was off having to, to, you know, have a a young child raise and a lot of my friends are single and out having the single life and um, you kind of lose that a little bit. So, but I think that everyone has that need for connection. And I think they, even though Danny was married and he seemed, you know, fairly happy in his marriage and with his life, I think that he was losing some of that connection um, in his personal life. And Carl was also lacking that. And they not only reformed their connection, but um, I think just fulfilled that need that they had. Yeah, um, they filled a hole that was missing for sure. <laughs> yeah. But that I, I love that. I love connections with people. And I think that is such a, a basic need that everyone has. And if you're not getting that currently, and if you don't do something to correct that, you're going to find it somewhere else. And it's not necessarily in this way, but you're going to find that connection somewhere because it's just like a basic human need that we all have. And that just happens to be um, how they found it for each other. So I thought it was you know, the whole relationship was kind of beautiful um, and I liked it, but I'm curious what you guys think. I'm kind of curious. Like I keep trying to pinpoint if, if the reason they kind of only saw each other once a year was because of this underlying attraction or if it was just the normal kind of, you know, cause as you get older, like you mentioned, like lives divert, you have other things going on and you start thinking like, wait, when's the last time I saw Carl, like it's only been like a couple weeks, right? Like, oh shit, no, it's been a whole year. Mm-hmm. And so you find those things that you know, have a common type of thing. Like Richard, my buddy, and I, we have a podcast, so we do that. You know, some people, you know, once a month they get together and they, you know, bowl or golf or something like that. They have like a playing a, a band or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And these guys, you know, kind of found that early on was video games. You know, they'd sit and play video games together, and they found this thing to keep doing that, but it just allowed them to take it a step further too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I kind of like thinking about, I don't know, I keep going back to like, was there some kind of underlying attraction and this was giving them the vessel to foresee it? Right. But I go back to what you said, Jason. They, they tried that in real it life and it was like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not as simple as that. And I mean, it could be though as simple as, I, I've just been thinking about this as both of you guys were talking, that um, Carl seems a little more sexually free and maybe, um, open to new things than Danny, the married guy. Mm -hmm. And so maybe he's, let's say he's bisexual and, uh, but he, he didn't think of Danny that way though. They were just buddies. But once you're in this world and from Danny's point of view, suddenly your friend who you just have a great time with, you're so relaxed and free with and never, uh, you know, a problem looks super hot. Like what if I went into a game and my friend was Chun-Li? I don't know. I'd be confused. (laughs) 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 Probably. (laughs) So it could just be as simple as there's the, there's two aspects. There's someone's personality and how they look. And, you know, from Danny's point of view, he likes Carl's personality, but he's, he looks like a man, so he's not attracted. But when he looks like a woman, then yeah. And, but I love what you're saying about connection, Reem. I think that's something I hadn't totally thought of, but it, it's true. Like they, they already connect on a, on a lot of levels and this game just gave them the, uh, attraction and freedom to connect on a sexual level. Yeah. And it wasn't even really all just about the sex. They had just like moments where they were, you know, like sitting on this bench and, 
and I don't know what other column Roxette or Carl, but would have like their hand, head in his lap and they were like just having a moment, you know, just it was kind of sex, like though. being together. There was a lot of that <laughs> yeah. happening for sure. That was like well, post-sex talk. <laughs> it, it does. I mean, that, and that's fine, but it, it's, it's like that's not all that it was. It's like not no. like they just had sex and left the game. They took the time. Yeah, I wish I could say exit game sometimes. <laughs> 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 That's what they say after um, the row face. Well, it's I, like, I, oh, exit game. I it was funny what you said. You never want to snuggle, um, Danny. <laughs> I'm going to. Okay, Sorry. that's a new Sorry. line. Um, but I thought it was interesting what you said because I, I was thinking about like the premise like should recognize to me anyway the inherent comedy of the notion that a man's dream woman would be his bro's personality copy pasted <laughs> into the body of a buxom asian babe Chun-Li. and yeah you know I, i'm i'm thinking you poor guys probably would be confused i don't know maybe if one of my best girlfriends i don't know i guess i had to think about it in the other way if if one of my best girlfriends yeah. was in the body of this you know hunky video game guy i don't even i can't even think of one but you know it, it kind of reversing the role what would I I don't know I don't know if I could Blanca from Street Fighter <laughs> I don't know I don't know the Street Fighter no, characters just, very much I don't know he's a green but, big green monster oh. with orange hair yeah that okay okay <laughs> I, I know you're talking about I just don't no, know their names maybe um, uh, Ken the blonde or Johnny Cage. Come Johnny on. Cage Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat maybe um I don't know I, I don't know if I could take my brain out of it enough though to you know i, I, I mean know. maybe um but i just i thought that i was guess funny. you never really know until it happens and it and it most likely never will but right i, th- I think it would all depend more like in my case you know if i was lance and you know what my buddy was roxette if i mean because the voice coming through is a, is a female voice it looks like a female character or a female woman person like and the interactions feel like an actual like woman as long as he wasn't like, dude, this is totally awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I probably probably could be okay, but right. That's yeah, he true. started playing the role, you know, like <laughs> he seemed more feminine. But then like, what's that say? that says more about Carl probably because like Danny yeah. was he was still kind of just himself. He was a dude, right. but Carl would have had to been playing that's that kind more of, feminine character. Yeah, that's kind of why I'm sort of speculating that maybe Carl is bisexual. Because even when he said he played without him, I still think he was playing as uh, Roxette. So he was still playing as a female mm-hmm. character. I think he mm-hmm. said he might have, maybe said he tried both. I'm not sure. But oh, I thought maybe. What, okay. What I mean, we definitely know he said I, my favorite line was, I fucked a polar bear and I still couldn't get you out of my head. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's like broke back mountain of video games. <laughs> I can't quit um, you. So. I mean, I think your guys' I can't audience exit game you. you your <laughs> your guys' audience would be completely disappointed if you didn't answer the question. Would you try playing as the opposite sex? Like, I I wouldn't because would, I don't I don't no. You, you well, would play as a you know chick. What? Actually, I don't know. He did say it was pretty awesome. You could do single player. That's true. I'd probably start out in single player and then go play the computer. PvP, if you know what I mean. PvP. <laughs> I, would I don't totally know. What, what play about a, you, Remo? I would totally. Are you kidding me? 
to have an opportunity if if it was like as as advanced as this game and anatomically correct i wouldn't pass up the chance of having a penis hell yeah i would do you know that. what see, see what it's like yeah yeah back backing up if i get to play as a female character and i get the multiple orgasms then yes i would play as the female multiple character. multiple <laughs> <laughs> combo 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 combo, combo. <laughs> See, do I, I get a badge having, for this? I do I get a badge for this? Being a guy, but I would definitely switch to female every time because there are advantages. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's okay, you guys. You guys are crazy. Sean, what's your number two? Uh, so my number two, it's kind of a, a a question you could even ask with what we have in today's technology for sexual you know, visuals and things like that. But it's just, where's the line? So whenever, so obviously as a male, I've seen porn, right? And there's a line, we, we covered a show, I covered a movie called Cam, right? Mm-hmm. And not to go into spoilers on it, but you know, it was about a girl who gets online and people watch her live. And to me, that's kind of taking a step even further because that's a real person. I mean, I mean, obviously people in porn are real people, but there's a real interaction when you look at like cams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so those have always felt a little bit more like you're really buttoned up to the the infidelity cheating line, right? Like you're just, you're getting really close to that. Whereas, you know, with, with porn, you can kind of be like, well, it's just a movie. It's make believe. Like it's not, it's not real, real, but you get into a world like this and you know, it's, well, it's not real because it's a game. There's no actual body fluids being exchanged. It is kind of an emotional cheating situation, but, <clears throat> you know, I guess it'd be more like you'd ask the question, like, how would you feel if you walked in and your significant other was interacting in the same way they were with one of their friends in this? Would you be okay with that? Or would it be kind of like, I, I'm not comfortable with this? I mean, I think it's totally cheating because... I feel like your what's important is where your your emotions are. Yeah. I agree there. I mean, you could see how this impacted his wife, Theo. Um, you know, he was clearly not like as attracted to her anymore. She talked about and that really broke my heart too. Their anniversary wedding anniversary dinner. Um, really just mm. broke broke my heart for for Theo when you know she is not feeling connected. He forgets about the anniversary when she's like, "Hey, I've got a babysitter," and he's like, "Why?" And <laughs> she's like, um, oh, "Wedding yeah. anniversary," and she's like, "Thanks for Ooh. that." Um, so she, she, you know, she's feeling that disconnect. She's feeling it. She's feeling less attractive when she's looking at herself in the mirror. God, I felt that like when yeah. when you feel like your partner isn't attracted to you anymore and you're looking at yourself because, you know, after you've had children, your body changes. You know, he knew her before they, you know, before she had children. So her, you know, you're, everything's all nice and tight. I'll say that, you know, things are, are where they're supposed to be. Gravity hasn't quite taken over yet. <laughs> There's no stretch marks, you know, things like that. And your body changes. And, um, so when she's, you know, looking at herself in the mirror, oh, that really, uh, hit a nerve and yeah, it's definitely in this case really bad because it's affecting their relationship. And, um, so yeah, for that is, is too far in my opinion, went too far. Well, I think you could probably see his, his knowing that 
what he was doing was wrong because you see a scene where he's in the world and he's got a chair locked up against the door so that nobody could come in while he's there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I think that's a pretty obvious statement that what he feels is wrong. But if you have to hide it's it, it's wrong. Yeah, and in this situation too, it's like okay, you've just discovered this kind of hot world. Like, wouldn't you try to talk your wife into trying it out too? Because if it is as great as you think it is, like you could put your you know, you and your wife could go in there and try this thing out, and it'd be it might be awesome for both of you. Well, she likes to role play, so it would definitely yeah, be yeah. something you know that. It would, you know, if, if that's what it takes, you know, to spice things up, you know, kind of do this role playing where you can kind of be different people, but still with each other. So the other thing I'll ask, I just thought about this. So it didn't seem, I mean, they didn't like give us even more where we see like cleanup happening, but do you think this was all just mental stimulation or do you think there was actual physical things happening to them while they're playing? <laughs> like physical. Like, well, so like well, whether they came or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, cause it seemed, I think was there it a release? Could, I, I would be, I would think yes. Although it could be either, but it, that's in your brain. I mean, we have wet dreams and everything, so I would think yes. Yeah. But I didn't know if it just like it, since it's in your brain, it just stimulates those pieces, but you know, below you, like you actually don't have those like physical releases mm-hmm. because like, and I guess maybe it's just because they're like, listen, Sean, we're not going to show Anthony Mackie with a boner. All right? yeah. I know that's what you want to see, but we're not doing that. Cause in a it, wet spot. What, <laughs> <laughs> wife comes in. What is that? I spilled my soda. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of these things, you know, like Rima earlier, you were saying about, oh, well, he's got a controller in his hand and he's having the same issues that people have with fighting games, but he's not using the controller. I just think that's not really the point of the episode, you know, like thinking, I don't think Charlie Brooker necessarily had all that stuff figured out because it didn't really matter to him, but uh, maybe, I mean, I, I don't know, but if I had to guess, I would say yes on that one. The release, (laughs) the release happened. Don't you think? I don't, uh, I kind of think that I don't think it did. No. And the reason I say that is, because it being hooked up into your brain, and that, and I guess this is kind of where it seems like is it is it going further than than uh, than che- is, it, is it actually like cheating? So if your if your physical body has that reaction and does what you would have with you know like a sex, actual sexual intercourse, or it just stimulates the pieces in your brain that feels like you you have, is that actually like does that blur the lines even more? Well, I think that. If you're writing letters to somebody and you're, you know, talking sexually, that that's like an emotional affair. So to me, this is just like one giant step even further than that. So that's kind of my opinion on the whole thing. And I guess the distinguishment, the thing I'm trying to figure out is, is this just an emotional affair or would you consider it a physical affair? I think is kind of where I'm trying to lead. Right. I gotcha. Hmm. Or, you know, they say that the brain is the, like largest sex organ or like Mm -hmm. the most, I'm not saying that right, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? Like, Oh yeah. 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 So, I mean, if, if we're talking about stimulation of the brain and all those neurons are firing as you're having this experience, then I'd say that 
Sean's know. just hoping that when this comes out, that he'll be able to. Right, he's looking for, for a it. hall pass. <laughs> I'm looking. You need a hall I'm pass, looking for Sean. the loophole. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I get to my number one, I'll let you know that this hall pass is not for me. <laughs> you know what to ask for on your birthday <laughs> <laughs> or anniversary every year. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany will be like, "Oh, thank God, I don't have to deal with this." <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, well, uh, with that being yeah. said. Did you? I'm sorry. Did you have more, more no, to say on that? Yeah, that that was just my number two. We kind of dived into some other areas as well, but yeah, it's just <laughs> where's the line? I don't, I don't know. That's that's why I don't think we can quite figure this out. And and because I mean, we don't have that yet. But you know, it's it's kind of just open ended. I think no right or wrong for me in this. I mean, one. one one thing we have not mentioned that um, I think is super cool is this technology we saw first in. USS McAllister or USS Callister, uh-huh. yeah, the, the Star Trek episode. That was the other Black Mirror episode that I guested on. So that's another reason why I was glad yeah. to be able to do this one. But uh, I can't remember if in that episode did they say that if you die in the game, you die in real life. Uh, I thought you did. I thought if you died there. Then you I think died. You're right. I yeah. think. Well, I don't know if you died in real life, but didn't you like become like a like a, a vegetable, vegetable or, something. or something? Yeah. So I don't know. We'd have to go back and watch, but yeah. I would say that would might inform this a little bit. If there's some uh, way that something happened in the game in that episode would physically affect you in real life, then that might hmm. say something. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Okay. Well. With that, Jason, what's your number one? Mine is just fighting games, which we talked about a little bit, but I I, I thought that first fight scene was done so well. Mm-hmm. It just totally, you can tell they went back and watched a bunch of fighting games meticulously and tried to copy all the conventions of them. Totally. And uh, I, Palm Clementiev, who played Roxette, mm-hmm. and she was also in Guardians of the Galaxy as that... <clears throat> Alien with the antenna. Mm-hmm. She's supposed to be coming to a fan fest coming up. I heard. And so I was thinking, oh, I might get to interview her. And I can't wait to ask her about this Black Mirror episode and how they did all the fighting and everything. And then for the rest of it, it was like she was in a porn. It was mostly just her simulating <laughs> yeah. sex. And I'm like, I'm going to have to be careful about how we talk about this. <laughs> yeah. It's like you were really Definitely. good. choose your words carefully is all all advice but just like the littlest thing like the they're facing off and the camera is looking at them at a 90 degree angle just as you would in a fighting game and they're standing there in their pre-fight stance kind of bouncing up and down a little bit which is how they do it a lot in those fighting games and even the camera like subtly zoom back to show the environment in a way that I you know I never thought about this before, but watching this episode, I'm like, oh yeah, TV doesn't do it like that. But this is totally how the game camera usually looks. So, I, and then the little electric explosive flourishes with each hit, and mm-hmm. uh, the the lightning kicks with even the right leg angle, just like Chun Li and uh, punching someone in the chin, and they go flying up in the air, and the background disappears. Yeah. Uh, it was really all good. that stuff was very very well done. I don't know how the hell they did that, but I good don't job. know either. I thought of that too <laughs> as I was sitting there watching them as as they you know before they actually engaged in anything like that. They were in just the fighting, and she's you know yeah. like 
kicking him really fast with her foot and she's just kind of like looking at her nails, you know, like, oh, I'm bored, you know, and she's and he's, you know, <laughs> I, I just thought all of that was really well done. I was like, I wonder how they're doing that, you know, with, with these know. kicks and them flying in the air like that. And um, it, I don't know how they did it, but um, they must have had a pretty good budget. Even like, um, you know. Charlie Brooker, I read, maybe we'll, I don't know if you have a news thing about this, but mm-hmm. he, he used to play uh, Tekken with his buddies, his mm-hmm. roommates, and he noticed that they were hypersexualized and kind of homoerotic and weirdly primal. And I <laughs> could imagine him playing against his buddy, uh, playing as one of these hot characters and feeling kind of confused about it or something. And you say so- that. What's interesting is we just went to Vegas and saw Zumanity, which is like a Circus Soleil thing, and they had this like two guys cage fighting type of thing. You know, they both are like you know pretty muscular shirts off, and it definitely like they're like wrestling. It's very homoerotic, and then like I'm like they're gonna kiss, like that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> and sure enough, they did. <laughs> but I just remember playing, like I told you, Street Fighter at the movies, and uh, and uh, you know your friend would be they played the girl character sometimes and I don't know, it's not, it's a little bit like, Oh, she's hot. My friend's playing her. Interesting. <laughs> and, and yeah, the pop, the popcorn's just, you know, flowing, the sodas all over the place. And your hands flying. <laughs> Guys wrestling around on the floor behind the concession stand. Oh, it's so hot in here, Steve. I gotta take my shirt off. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, it, I wasn't really all that surprised. We kind of talked about how you weren't quite expecting, you know, for them to, you know, be the, you know, ones to kiss. You think it's going to be, you know, Danny and this other woman that he's met at this barbecue that he might start something with her or whatever, that it's kind of leading us that way. And really it kind of turns around and he has a thing with his, um, his former best friend and just really good friend or whatever. Um, it didn't really surprise me that much. I was kind of waiting for that as they were fighting and then they were like rolling around on the ground. To me, that is like totally hot. The whole fighting thing. That's, that's huge. I, I totally get off on that. And I was oh. like, Oh yeah, they're going to kiss. And then they did. Cause that's, that's just, I don't know. To me, that's just natural. You're rolling around on the ground and having a good tussle. Yeah. And it totally just like melts away the whole fact that, you know, you're two buddies, you know, and that you're you both at least, you know, are straight or what we think of as straight. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, it's happening and it's going down. <laughs> I got this called out. But it, it was mean, cool. I didn't see it at all until they started. Uh, I mean, she put her thighs around his uh neck one time uh-huh. and she was, you know, right kinda in like, his face. Yeah. She was kind of uh-huh. sitting on his face. That's, yeah. They have those moves in the game. So mm-hmm. it was like, I was sort of like, Oh, but you know, that's just the way the games go. That's how I was kind of feeling. But then when they were on the ground rolling around and just before it became painfully obvious because she was sitting on top of him and they were breathing heavy. But just before that, I was probably like, Oh, but um, not, yeah, not not until it started to really get go into it was I thinking that's what it was going to be. I had All no that sexual I, tension. I must be doing something wrong because whenever I wrestle my <laughs> wife in my house, like I choke slam her the other day, I threw a table, and then I grabbed a chair, and no, she was not in the mood. Yeah, she wasn't wrong. in the mood. Try the I reverse said, pile driver. Okay, I'll try that next yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> it all wrong. <laughs> Goodness. Um, okay. 
did you have anything else you want to say about your number one, Jason? Mm -mm. Okay. Well, my number one, I'm going to talk a little bit about the end. I know that you had kind of mentioned that earlier, so it's probably a good time to jump into that now. And, um, you know, I think it was kind of a sad ending. I, I think that there was probably a little bit of mutual satisfaction that kind of came out of it, but I came off with a little bit more of a sad feeling um, about it. You know, Danny and Theo, they did seem to find a way to stay in their relationship. They've set some boundaries for that one day a year where they can fulfill their other needs that they're not getting within their relationship. They're getting them met outside of the relationship. And this does work for a lot of people. There's a lot of people that do that. You know, they kind of open their relationships up. They set boundaries. They have rules. Um, because maybe they're not completely satisfied. They don't want to break up. They don't want to leave each other. They want to stay together, but they know that they have these needs and and they have like these open dialogues about it. And instead of getting so far as to like what Danny took it, Danny, you know, ch- cheated. And she's like, well, she recognized that. I, I really applaud Theo in this episode that she was, you know, wanting to know what what's happening. And she's like, tell me, I can, I'll deal with it however I deal with it. And in her way of dealing with it was saying, okay, clearly, you know, you need something that I'm not able to give you or that you don't have in our relationship. So, you know, one day a year, I'm going to, you know, you're allowed to go do this. And while you do this, I'm going to go and do my thing. So I thought it was cool that they were able to find a compromise and set the rules. Um, but they still didn't look that happy. You know, they were right before they kind of went and did their thing. They still kind of look like they're, you know, they weren't as happy, you know, as what you would have thought that they would be. But, um, and then Carl, on the other hand, I thought I was even more sad for him. Um, he's alone. It looks like his life is still just as empty as what it was before. Um, and it, seemed like he just has this one day a year to look forward to. And it made me really sad for him. Um, what did you guys, I want to get y'all's opinion about the ending. Well, this is actually my number one too. And <clears throat> to me, I, I know there's a lot of people who have open marriages and things like that. And I, I'm always curious how well those work because again, I think with, with like, and it's probably more personal to me. Like, I feel like when you have sex with somebody, it's it's a very personal, it's a very intimate thing. Like you're exposed, you're naked. It's it's very intimate, and it's not something that you should take lightly. And in the instance of this ending, she's going out, and I'm assuming she's finding somebody and sleeping with them. Would be my guess. I doubt she's just you know having a drink with them and be like, oh, okay, well I'm going back to my husband who's playing video games with his buddy. Mm-hmm. But in like him, he's he's having that thing. But it's not, again, it's not a physical. It's I get I don't know it's so confusing to me to to, to identify it's, but it's, it's not always physical. about physical though emotional is yeah you know just it's it's the same to me yeah I mean I, I for, to me this seems like it's as clo- it's you can even maybe argue that it's even worse because they're they don't have any physical limitations but they're still getting all the same effects of a physical but amplified. That's true. And what I think too is like this split like this, I think that's so dangerous because I mean, I feel like this could be a thing if, you know, once a year she's meeting somebody and it would devolve into her kind of falling into the same thing he did where, you know, she's like, oh, hey, I'm going out. And she meets that same guy she saw, you know, a month previous. Mm-hmm. And she kind of falls into that trap of that emotional and physical <gasps> needs. Yeah. And what if that, that got me thinking too, like he's having this you know, thing with his friend and it's almost like 
they're they're allowed to do do it at this point. You know, they're allowed to have their meetup once a year, and they're restrained to those rules. But what if she falls in love with the guy that she's because yeah. theirs is an actual like in real real world, not a VR situation. She's meeting like a real physical guy in a bar. What if, what if they catch feelings for each other and something happens? I mean, that's something you have to think about too. Yeah. Cause Danny and Carl, like outside of the game, it's a bromance. Like they, they love each other, but in a, you know, a completely straight way in the real world, at least from the one time they kissed, it seemed in this world, it's, you know, it's just a video game them playing, but yeah, exactly. Like when she goes out, she meets somebody she falls in love, they fall in love, and now it's now you've got just this whole rocky relationship that's I don't know, I just I just don't feel like this is a very healthy thing for them to do, even though it's once a year. I mean, I think it's um a little too neatly wrapped up like with a bow. I I actually didn't get the feeling that um at least Danny and Theo Thea were not happy. I think it, the show I thought presented them as okay, this worked for them. She's now pregnant. So they're having sex again and they seem more at ease and kind of chuckling and, but yet still jealous, but you know, I want that back in the morning. So that's healthy that they're not like, Oh, I don't care what you do or anything like that. But you know um, what this, oh, I'm sorry. I, I just think that um, I was trying to decide how I feel about that. On the one hand, it's like, okay, they're accepting that, sexuality is not as simple as society's boundaries have decided and they're they're embracing that and they're uh, adapting to it and so maybe that's a good thing but yeah on second uh, the on the other side would that really be enough i don't know if i bought it like okay they were bored with each other and so once a year they're going to ha- do what they really want and that's going to save their marriage like that was a little bit hard to believe the the very first feeling I got as the credits rolled and they kind of intercut it was the very first episode of Black Mirror where the prime minister uh, ends up having to have relations with a pig to save the princess. And the his wife and him, they sh- on camera, they're this happy couple, but when they leave, they're behind closed doors, they're completely unhappy. And to me, this one day where these two are getting to do what they really, really want to do that's them in front of the camera. That's them showing like this happy face. They're great. They're awesome. But then the other 364 days a year, they're just kind of miserable, kind of living with each other, going through the day-to-day, looking forward to the moment they get to do what mm-hmm. they actually want to do. We didn't see that, though. You know, the only thing that they showed was the day that day where they seemed fine. And it could be what you're saying, but they also showed that she's pregnant. So that shows that they got it together enough to get her pregnant. And I, th- I thought that was supposed to be a symbol that things were better between mm-hmm. them, the fact that she was pregnant. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people or have heard a lot of stories about people who get pregnant to try to save a marriage too. And that could That's have, true. You know, that could have been a hey, yeah, I caught you red-handed. Let's let's have a baby and then we'll figure some other stuff out cuz that's what I really want. Yeah. Or she was pregnant maybe. before their agreement though. They that was when they decided to like stop meeting and stuff and Oh, they, yeah, yeah, good point. Wait. Yeah. Stop meeting? Uh oh, was it? Are you sure? They, yeah, she wasn't. Had, she wasn't pregnant. So. She wasn't pregnant oh, at the you're very right. end. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yep, that was after. Okay, so that just negates what I just said. You're right. That's when he's like, you know, uh-huh. we have to stop. You know, yeah, because she's I like, they to, were trying to get yeah. pregnant, and because then he finally when she quit. was pregnant, that's when she invited him over <laughs> to dinner, and to they dinner, had their not knowing yeah. anything was going on, and he kept saying midnight. But uh, <laughs> that was super <laughs> awkward. Like to I, me, I mean, 
I feel like we don't really have enough information to say for sure whether they're happy and maybe that's um, good because Black Mirror is the kind of show that leaves things open to discussion. But uh, I don't know. That's just how I feel, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, we didn't see a whole lot, but um, I'm just it, going by what I did see. It's it's like the director of this episode is the same guy who directed uh, San Junipero and mm-hmm. that was one of the other rare Black Mirror happy ending episodes. So that was another reason why I kind of thought it they were trying to get at that. Mm-hmm. The uh, software, the Tucker, I call it Tucker, it's TCKR, um, was responsible for that technology in San Junipero. And they were also designed the VR system. Mm-hmm. And also, I think for, um, oh, and it was in Bandersnatch. That was the company, software company. I'm sure they'll be showing up more than. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure I, they will. Oh, I love that they have all these like continuous like things. In I this world. know. So cool. I love all their Easter eggs. I, I didn't get all my Easter eggs down in this one. I'll have to post them on our social media because mm-hmm. everybody seems to dig them. But there was a lot, um, or so far anyway, a lot of Easter eggs for season five. So anyway, that was my number one. Yeah, and that Sean. tied into my number one too, which was just the the one day a year. So, uh, what do you guys have for notes? Yeah, Jason, what do you got for notes? Any notes? This week? A few. Yeah, uh, I think in retrospect, striking vipers was a good name, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is really hilarious. Um, I let's see, one of the guy uh, Carl, he had a folding phone. Which yeah, folding smartphone. Yeah, and Samsung was just about to come out with one of those. In fact, they even had a release date, and then they sent it out to a, a few reviewers. And each and every one of the reviewers, the phone broke after a few days. Oh, <laughs> and and yep. so Samsung, and it's like, what were you doing? You actually are producing these in factories, getting ready to put it out. And so they've now it's uh, on hold <laughs> or indefinitely. But um, I'm sure at some point they'll figure it out. And uh, that's all I got. We already talked about everything else. Cool. Yeah, I actually covered all of my notes already as well. So, Sean, what have you got? You got any notes? Um, I've got a couple that I think are interesting. So uh, the one I titled Virtual Booty, which <laughs> is it essentially reminding me like the SNL skit, like it's not gay in a three-way. And so it was, <laughs> it's not gay in VR. Uh, because, you know, as they were sitting there talking, it's like, it's not gay, right? Like this doesn't feel like a it's gay feeling, thing. Yeah. Uh, the other one, when they were at the, the last dinner party for his birthday, uh, Carl was talking about what it's like to be in a woman's body. And he says it's crazy because like, one's like a guitar solo and the other's like an orchestra, which, you know, if somebody sold you to that, sold me that as like, hey, you play as a girl, like, yeah, it's cool as a dude. Like, it's like a guitar solo. It's like, you know, a quick little, but with a chick, <laughs> it's like, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Like, then I probably would. I don't know how sex works. It's weird. <laughs> you know, um, the guy who, the one who said it doesn't feel like a gay thing was uh, Danny. And so that's another reason why I kind of feel like maybe Carl's bisexual because Danny was in playing in a man's body and having sex with this hot girl. But Carl is in the girl's body and, you know, yeah. receiving. So that seems like it might feel more gay, maybe, or at least, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and the, it's so hard to figure out. 
The yeah. last note I have is, is just kind of tidying it. It, it kind of goes back to a little bit what we talked to, but I thought it was interesting when Carl first showed up and Theo was – She was. it felt like she was being a little flirtatious, but she had that huge stain on her shirt, which kind of felt like – again, I probably should have mentioned that in my midlife uh, n- <laughs> number, but it just felt kind of like the, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm still hot. I'm still with it. And you look at it like, oh, shit, like I've got mustard stains all over my shirt. Like, all right. Or my kid puked on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing hotter than kid puke, right? Or I typically my thing, I've spit toothpaste in my hair and <laughs> didn't even <laughs> didn't even notice. Yeah. Some days I got my shit together and then there's days like that. Um, I did read something that was funny online. Um there was a one of the guys made a comment about how, you know, when he his wife, his kids, they all go to bed early. He just, he is the one that will typically go down after they've all went to bed and go play video games with his buddies, like online, like you do or whatever. And so when this episode aired, him and his wife sat down, and they both enjoy the show together. So they watched this episode and he said <laughs> it made for a really awkward <laughs> sit down watch with his wife. He's like, she just kind of looks at him like, okay. <laughs> He's like, it's totally like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. Can't imagine. Anyway, any other notes? Uh, that's all I have. Sweet. Well, that leads us into our news for the week. So we have one, um, a couple items, but the first one that we have is from Entertainment Weekly, and this is with an interview with Charlie Brooker and Annabelle Jones, um, writers and showrunners of Black Mirror. Entertainment Weekly says, first, Charlie, how proud were you when you wrote the line? Um, I... F- Fucked a polar bear, and I still can't get you out of my mind. <laughs> Bricker says, at one point, I was considering removing it. He says, in a way, it's the best declaration of undying love, and it manages to top the national anthem where we had the prime minister with a pig. This is Yaya with a polar bear. Sometimes a criticism we get, and I think sometimes it's a fair criticism, is that the show takes itself too seriously. Striking Vipers is a poignant and bittersweet relationship drama, but there's inherent humor to what's going on here. It's an awkward situation they're in and a fantastical one so that line was kind of irresistible i'm glad you didn't take it out (laughs) yeah me too that was too good the best yeah annabelle jones says it's a flashback as well to the camaraderie of these two guys they have such an easy fun relationship that's spun out of control due to what the br world gives them they're able to take it into something else um so they asked so what was the inspiration for this tale were you playing street fighter and went you know That ninja is actually pretty cute. (laughs) Brooker says, you're nearly right. Those games are incredibly hypersexualized. When you actually compare the actual physical characteristics of characters in those games to actual human beings, they're insane. They're like a sexualized Hulk. (laughs) Once again, it came out of two thoughts. The first was we wanted to do a story where two people went into a virtual environment and had a romance, but didn't know who the other one was. And then I remembered years ago in the 90s, I used to play Tekken on the PlayStation a lot, and my flatmate and I would play at all hours of the day and night. And I remember thinking the people below and above our flat must have thought we were operating some sort of S&M dungeon because of the constant noise of men making and shouting and grunting noises. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought there's something homoerotic about this arena in which you're physically grappling with your friends on the screen. There's something weirdly primal about it. Um, they say Annabelle talked in our previous interview that you were really happy with the two leads uh, for taking on these roles. How did they respond when you pitched them? 
Annabelle Jen says, Anthony's a great actor, and because he's such a physical guy, he often gets put into role, roles playing like a soldier. He found it interesting to remove himself from that and play an older guy who didn't have the same virility and physicality of his youth, but also going into a VR world where there's such sexual fluidity and there are question marks over the gender. Is he having a relationship with a woman when ultimately the person is his friend and a man? So Anthony has a great sense of humor and was fascinated by it. He immediately took it based on the script. And Yaya, similarly, I think he plays very subtly. It's brave for an actor when the state of their sexuality is undefined. What is their relationship? They're not having a homosexual relationship, or are they? There's such a heady mix of things going on there. There's the camaraderie, the friendship, and the longing for youthfulness, and also the sexuality. It's all about fantasy fulfillment with your best friend. And one of the themes of the film is asking, when does porn become so sophisticated that it's actually cheating and not just distraction? Both gave this a real delicacy that other actors might have struggled with. And then they ask, I sort of felt like the ending is meant to be a happy one, but their annual polyamory band-aid solutions like one that might not work long term. Ultimately, is this marriage really a satisfying one? Charlie Brooker says, I think it's a pragmatically romantic ending. Once a year, he gets a free pass to the game and she gets to indulge her fantasy. And hers arguably places more jeopardy on the relationship since it's in the real world, or we assume it is. There's a lot of trust there. They're allowing themselves one day to indulge their selfish fantasies in exchange for 364 other days of union and fidelity and faith and they're raising a family. There's a theme throughout where he's not communicating directly with his wife and not sharing with her. And that's perhaps why this whole situation has come about. So by the end, their relationship is a lot healthier because they're discussing their wants and needs. It works for them in the time we see it because there's an equality to it. That's obviously a one-size-fits-all solution. What if she falls in love with the other guy she meets in the bar? And Yaya's character's existence is fairly lonely. He's clearly waiting for this one day a year. So he's sort of in limbo too. What do you guys think about that? Oh, I think they did of, a, yeah, they did a really good job of showing that with uh, with Carl. I mean, he just his apartment seemed to like lose a lot of its stuff. He now has a cat. He's like a lonely cat dude now. <laughs> <laughs> and he has experiences with polar bears, so that cat better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of what we were saying. I mean, he's sort of confirming that their relationship is a lot healthier because they're they're communicating which i actually really dug that last scene where or towards the end where she says what's going on with you and carl and he wouldn't say and she's like come on talk to me and so you can see him making the decision to tell her and he turns and opens his mouth and then the next they cut to the next scene where Mm -hmm. they're uh you know doing their fantasy night so you can tell without him having to have seen the scene that he actually told her everything yeah, I think that yeah. – so if she didn't really understand video games, that would have been a very humorous like <laughs> conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, you, you, and your, you and Carl having sex? No, we're not like in the game we're having sex. Well, I don't – what do you mean? I'm an well, Asian uh, buff Asian <laughs> dude. <laughs> no, it's like when I try to explain D&D to my wife. No, I play an elf who has a plus three sword. Like, I'm not well, really killing the dragon. I think that they kind of made a point to show that she's – not very technology minded. They she talked to Carl when he first got there and he was like 
um, oh, so how are you? And I can't remember the name of this girl. I guess whatever girl he was dating. And he's like, oh, we're not together. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just not good at Facebook Facebook. or not on Facebook or something. And then when they're clearing dishes and she's loading dishes into the dishwasher and it talks, it like reminds her to point the knives down instead of up as like a safety measure. And, you know, it's like, she just, it's like right over her head and she doesn't get it. And I think it just kind of sets the premise that she's just, you know, like she's this whole video game and VR thing. Like she doesn't really think it could be a threat because she doesn't understand it, I guess. She Um, just, uh, it's not even in her, yeah, radar really. Right. Just like that's his thing. I don't know. Yeah, she doesn't. She just thinks of it as like a video game. She's not really quite getting the fact of how immersive and real. This right. Thing really you'd wonder. Is. You'd think maybe like she might want to try it. I don't know. I know with I got PSVR and I just really love uh, showing it to people who aren't into that kind of stuff because it's incredible and they're always like, Oh my God. I even Bodhi put it on the other day and he, and he was in a forest. He's only two and a half and he starts reaching his hands out in front of him. (laughs) And uh, that's just so fun. Mm -hmm. We have one other item. It's from the wrap. This was an interview with Yaya Abdul Mateen the second. So he stars in this episode along Anthony Mackie and he talks about reading the script. Um, for the first time. Um, He says it's safe to say the events of striking vipers changes the two friendships and forces um, each other to reckon with their feelings for one another. He says, I have so many questions about what this means and would I do something like this? He says they stepped into the video game for the sake of nostalgia and sort of escapism. And all of a sudden they find themselves physically attracted to the connection. He explains, he adds that both his character and Carl or character Carl and Mackie's Danny are missing some sort of connection in their lives. Carl may be a ladies man, but he can't, he can't form any kind of meaningful connection with any of them. He can't connect to the people that he finds himself in front of. He explains for Carl, it's not about sex, nor is it about sexuality. It's about connection. It's about being turned on by someone who actually understands me and gets me for once. Whereas Danny is in a long-term marriage where things have sort of gotten routine. He says there's this unmet need. He says there's this whole idea of morality, and is this right or is it wrong? Is it even real or not? What are the rules? We don't have rules in terms of what this means. We just know that it feels good and it feels right. I really appreciate how the episode causes us to ask questions about what does it mean to be in a relationship with another person. Um, He says they find themselves at a point where the passion is so strong in the game that they start to question. I think that is the place where sexuality comes into play within the game. When they find themselves so wrapped up and say, oh, my God, it's so good. It's so good. It's too good. (laughs) And then they start to turn the mirror on themselves (laughs) and say, oh, my God, I think I'm in love with another man. I really love that they're man enough or at least curious enough or driven enough to toe the line and to find out and say, "Okay, let's see what the fuck is going on. And then we find out it only exists inside the game. For them, it's a sort of relief, but there's also an element where it's a sad reality that they don't experience that in their own lives. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's go. I think that's always like you think of uh, like Ready Player One, like you get a world that feels more real than the real world. Mm -hmm. Or it makes you feel more than what you get in the real world. Yeah. And it's almost, it's like, I thought of it like drugs because the the allure of drugs is that you're, depending on the drug, it's like a hyper reality. And then your normal reality just doesn't seem as exciting anymore. It's dull in comparison. So people just get hooked on it until they burn out all their receptors. Yep. Anyway, that is it for the news this week. 
All right. Well, before we jump into our messages from the Strange Indeeders, we want to remind you about our sponsor for this week's episode. So catch up with some of your favorite Stranger Things characters before Season 3 begins in July by diving into the official Stranger Things books. So learn more about Chief Hopper's old life as an NYPD detective in Stranger Things Darkness on the Edge of Town by Adam Christopher. Discover the never-before-told backstory of Dig Dug Maven Max Mayfield in Stranger Things Runaway Max by Brianna Yanovoff. Uh, Stranger Things, Darkness on the Edge of Town, and Runaway Max are on sale now wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Maybe she'll give the secrets on Dig Dug. I was never really great at that game. Oh, that'd be maybe that's what's in the back. It's like the, maybe. the cheat codes. Oh. I always thought of that as kind of a weirdly sexual game. Dig Dug? Yeah, this like protrusion comes out and pokes the other characters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that how we all do it? You just start poking until something happens. It's just like video games. You just start mashing buttons until something happens. Just digging your way around. (laughs) Babe, I keep hitting the G. Nothing's happening. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think that's a really great segue into messages. (laughs) From our strange indeeders. We're um, now in the listener feedback portion. Jason, you want to take that first one for me? Sure. Jennifer Camillary says, whoa, a lot to unpack in that one. Good take on male sexuality, relationships, and masculinity. I like how this season seems to be mostly set pretty much current day rather than a far off future. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't seem that far off. Doug says, allow me to first to comment on smithereens. I think this was the first Black Mirror tee that got me in the feels. I was downright emotional when Chris was making his confession in the car and got the password to the mom. However, what an amazing commentary on our times. Time spot on. And usually BM, tee-hee, he put BM in there and giggled, <laughs> uh, kind of makes up its own technology to fit the story. But all that is real current capabilities. That is quite the scary dark mirror society that we are in. On to Vipers, probably my least favorite in the whole series. Happy ending and all. It wasn't dark. It was actually hopeful. The VR game actually helped the guys realize long buried or unrealized feelings for each other and was liberating in the end for them. I thought the fight in the rain with the cops showing up was right out of movie cliches 101. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, I guess. Was there a message that three relationships still have to be hidden and feelings repressed still on 2019? And so the guys get the once a month tryst via VR, but the wife gets to do it for real. Make me like this more. Hmm. Hopefully well, we did. Listen, Doug, and let us know if we make, make, made you like it more. Yeah. I, the, the part of that that I find the most interesting is about what, with, whether there's a, a message that, um, that these kinds of relationships still have to be hidden and feelings repressed. And I think, um, I don't, you could read it that way, but I feel like it's more like these guys have gone along a certain way for 30 year, 35 years or whatever, and then suddenly this thing happens that makes them question their whole sexuality. So, of course, it's going to be a big, like, wait a minute, what's going on here? It's not like they're questioning whether society would frown upon it. They're just, like, questioning themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, what, wait, I, I thought I was one way, and now I, I don't know what to think. Absolutely. 
Okay, so we have an email also this week. It says, hey guys, here are my thoughts on Striking Viper. Loved the diversity. This episode had black leading actors playing well-to-do middle-class people instead of gangbangers. That was a pleasure to see. I think Danny was comfortable with his life, but wondered what it was like to be back in the game, dating. I believe that was the reason he watched the woman at his birthday party and got caught. Theo was happy with herself until she saw the photo of the woman Carl was dating, then was insecure about her looks. I'm thinking Danny and Theo felt the grass was greener on the other side. What do you think? Carl realized early on that his new girlfriend, Mariella, was not for him when he made a joke about the waiter looking like Dennis Rodman. Mariella took out her phone and Googled Dennis Rodman in front of him, which I felt was rude. What do you guys think? At the end, Danny and Theo came to a compromise. Once a year, Danny is allowed to go into the virtual world and be with Carl while she would remove her wedding ring and play single in the real world. What do you think of that agreement? Why once a year? Why not once a month? Danny and Carl were in virtual, not in reality. Why should Theo get to find a real lover? My answer to all of that is, is if it works for Danny, Theo, and Carl, then it's okay. Theo could have divorced Danny for virtual porn. Instead, they worked out a deal for both of them to really be in the game. Thank you, Reman Sean, for a great podcast, Darnell. Thanks, Darnell. About the phone, yeah, I think it's rude, but it was supposed to just be an indication of their age difference because it's more normal and natural for younger people to be on their phones all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah, it was a sure. good, good uh, showing, too, of like Dennis Rodman, for most people probably over the age of 25 would be like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. But it was really just to show that age difference where she had no clue who Dennis Rodman was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I would have waited, though, to um, wait till it see if you went to the bathroom or something. Yeah. It was both. <laughs> it was the Dennis Rodman thing, but it was also just that she would pull out her phone in the middle of yeah. anything all the time. Absolutely. I mean, even awesome. after like pre sex, like in the middle of sex, she just pulls it out. <laughs> Oh, I would. Yeah, if someone does that to me, they're going to get an elbow to the face. <laughs> Phone in the toilet. Oh, they're waterproof. Uh, well, what is that? Are they- is that panda bear porn? You sick sicky. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we've also got a couple of voicemails, and we have one this week. First one's from Steve Brown. Hold on a sec. Hello, Reed and Sean. This is Steve, and uh, got a couple of notes for Smithereens and Striking Vipers. And first, you may have already covered this on the podcast, so I'll try to be very, very quick with my Smithereens questions or, or comments. But uh, it started with the, the show with London 2018. Is this the first time they've given us a year? And um, is it, is it a British thing to get out of your car when the police pull you over? Because that's what the female cop says at the beginning. She says, oh, he's not getting out of the car. That means he's going to run. And uh, so I thought that was that was interesting because here in America, you don't get out of the vehicle when police pull you over. You let them come to you sort of thing. And um, the, oh, he's not stable. <laughs> Just uh, uh, really good episode i'm uh, sorry that i missed the feedback the original feedback on it uh but uh you know the tragic ending uh, with the hostage struggling for the gun and then the police finally shooting uh, the guy uh, or apparently shooting the guy we're assuming anyway um striking vipers is another interesting one that the whole vr premise i know uh vr is getting better and better uh, nowadays or so i've heard and uh, so that it's not out of the realm of possibility that that, uh, that kind of technology would exist. 
And, uh, but why did they give us the scene at the bar uh, in the beginning? Why did we need that? Do we just, just to set up the relationship between all three of them, you think, or what? Because it just seems a little weird that they would, uh, they would do that. So, um, and then jump 11 years later. And, uh, you know, of course the, the end, it, it appears and maybe you guys can confirm this, but it appears that so one night a year on his birthday, she goes out and has a one night stand and he logs into the VR to be uh, with his friend and the friend is, is okay with that. That's, that's enough of a relationship for him, I guess once a year. So, or apparently once a year, uh, anyway, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. I'll talk to you later. I think we only see the first time maybe. So we don't really know mm-hmm. how, how long it lasts. The two 2018 thing. I don't know. But it's guys- not, I, I, I could not sit here and tell you. I'd have to go back and look. I can't tell you right off the top of my head what other episodes. There's only been a couple, but they have before shown the year. And it's typically some of their really great, I feel like, like kind of where it hits you home. Like I thought, at least for me, Smithereens did. Um, when And it seems like every time they show the year, it's something kind of significant and um, I think kind of touches on what's happening in, in today's world. But I have to go back and look. What about the British police getting out of the car? You know, I feel like they do that here. I think if, I mean, typically if it's just a regular traffic stop, dude runs a stoplight or, you know, is just being pulled over for speeding, then yeah, the cop gets out of the car and approaches you. No, I, mean, I, feel no, like, I mean, the people, he said oh. the people get out of the car when they get pulled over in Britain. And they thought mm-hmm. the cop thought that since the person didn't get out of their car, that something that yeah. was going to run. I thought it was more they were waiting to walk up to the car and when she was waiting to put her foot down because they, they assumed mm-hmm. he'd be a runner. And yeah. so when she got up, it was looking like she was going to uh, approach the vehicle. Then she then he took off. I know he, <coughs> here in the States, at least me personally, it's like if, if you get pulled over, getting out of the vehicle seems like one of the worst ideas you can make. You know, it it's you flip on all the interior lights, you have your hands at 10 and 2 and yeah. you you try to appear as, you know, non threatening as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah, if so they I don't know think if they that do you're that armed or something. He, he's saying and it seemed like in this episode that they expected him to get out of the car when he got pulled over and I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. I must have missed that part. I'd thought maybe they had asked him to get out of the car and he wasn't or mm. something. Um Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I totally missed it. I don't know. Um, okay, we've got another voicemail this time, and one from New Zealand. Hey, Rima and Sean, it's Anwen here. I've missed you guys heaps because I've fallen so behind on all of the shows, but of course I could never miss Black Mirror. And mm-hmm. the first episode is Striking Viper. Oh, my God. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> my husband is a gamer, and he stays up way later than I do. So this was just so hilarious to me. <laughs> and, in fact, the very night that we watched it, and we were just laughing together. And then that same night, he met up with his friend to play Fallout. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> are you really sure you're playing Fallout? And it was just hilarious. I thought it was really nicely paced and um, quite intriguing throughout. I think it would have been quite interesting if the wife had – gotten into the game um even just to see what it was all about but i'm kind of glad they didn't and i loved the way it ended how they each got to have their their one night a year 
doing their own thing. And yeah, I thought it was great. Thanks so much. And I'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks, Anne. That's awesome. I love that she um, kind of had like that same experience with her husband staying at <laughs> That's, That's really funny. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. We had some really great feedback, lots of opinions um, about this episode. So thanks everyone for taking the time to write in on our Facebook page and sending us emails. And of course, we always love the voicemails. So thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And Jason, thanks. Thank you very much for jumping on. I know we've done a couple of these Black Mirror episodes. It's always great to have you on the, the, thank you. the episode. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering if after this you might want to play some Mortal Kombat or... Oh yeah, sure. Um, my uh, my wife's in there, so <laughs> no. Uh, I've heard that's a good game. No, thank you. Yeah, Black Mirror. I, I freaking love it, and um, I love podcasting you guys. So the, yeah, let's yeah. Why? I'm glad I'm glad schedules worked out. Thanks so much for um, kind of moving your schedule around to be with us because. I love talking Black Mirror with all you guys. And um, I always love hearing you always have really interesting opinions um, and insights. So glad you were able to join us. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. So next week we'll be covering the third episode from season five of Black Mirror titled Rachel, Jack, and Ashley 2. So the description of this episode is a lonely teenager yearns to connect with her favorite pop star whose charmed existence isn't quite as rosy as it appears. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that one. Um, Well, we're really excited for you to look into the Black Mirror with us. And for updates, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore Pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. And you can find a bunch of... Uh, you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like House Podcastica at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on the app, on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, House Podcastica. Kristen's covering Handmaid's Tale right now. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in that, which I know I am, um, you should definitely check her out. You know, I was thinking, like, I love Black Mirror because they can do these one-off episodes and you can just mm-hmm. tell your story and you don't have to stretch it out into yeah. a full series. I mean, I mm-hmm. do actually think it would be cool if they would do a, some multi-episode ones or maybe revisit some of the same characters, but only when they have a story to tell. And with Handmaid's Tale, I love that show, but I just feel like it might have been better as a one-season show that now they're stretching it out just because it's a TV show. But I'm supposed to be pimping that show, so what am I saying? It's great. <laughs> yeah. Go listen to House Podcast. It, <laughs> it is there, great. There's some interesting things happening, that's for sure. That's you know, I, I, I understand those feelings, and I worry about that as well. I talked about that, I guess, it with Kristen um, uh-huh. this week on Episodes 2 and 3, and I kind of expressed my feelings on that a little bit, so I agree. But House Podcast is still going strong, even though Game of Thrones is not, um, you know, currently on air. It is over. They are still going strong over there. And then Jason, you and I have Legion coming up soon. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. getting. I'm doing a rewatch of that. And uh-huh. after Me too. I, I only watched the first episode so far, but I remember um, it was really hard to figure out what the hell was going on in that episode and what was real and what wasn't. But mm-hmm. once you've seen the whole series, it's pretty clear. So it's a much different watch. It is going back. I'm I'm still enjoying good. the rewatch. It's still yeah. it's still so good. It still totally holds up. It still is interesting and fun. It's the first time that I watched it. Um, 
gosh, I'm digging that show and I can't wait until that starts. That starts up. The show comes back June 24th with our podcast to follow soon after. We mm-hmm. haven't quite figured that out, but right. um, that's coming up. So um, we have all of these great podcasts. And, and speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance. It comes out every Sunday. Oh, and we are celebrating this Sunday our five-year anniversary. Wow. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. 260 Congratulations. straight weeks of Holy language cow. Yeah, it's crazy. Are you doing a special anniversary VR kind of? Uh, yeah, we're inviting everybody <laughs> to show up in a, our VR language of bromance arena. I'm sorry, Rima, it's it's for guys only. What? But uh, yeah, That's we're expe- cool. Come on now. <laughs> Can I be a polar bear? Oh, yeah, we've already got the polar bear reserved for you. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's pretty exciting to, to get that out. We're actually going That's to uh, uh, review our very first episode we ever did. We're going to do commentary on it. Uh, so it was a lot of fun to do. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that, awesome. that's a good idea. Maybe Karen would want to do that too. It's it's fun to go back and re-listen to it and be like, what like what were we thinking? And uh, <laughs> it, it, you can kind of talk about the history of the show too, like how you got to where you got to. So it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Looking forward Super to that. Fun. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 90, Striking Vipers. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And I'm Jason. And Jennifer Camillary is strange indeed. <laughs>